You are listening to the Central Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Burton, and thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Before we get to it, though, I would love for you to join us for Church Online each Sunday morning at 1045. You can watch on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our Facebook page at Central Baptist Church. Also, if you are local, we would love for you to join us in person each Sunday at 1045. We are located right on the banks of the Ohio River in the east end of Maysville, Kentucky at 437 Central Avenue. If we can pray for you, reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. I hope you enjoy this message. The other day, Riley and I uh, had got to go take a, uh, a little a field trip because we were on, started out being in quarantine, but everybody in the school system was on quarantine this past week, which worked out um, well for us. But uh, um, Riley and I got to go um, on, a, on, a, on a field trip, uh, so to speak. We, we uh, went, drove down down 3rd Street downtown, and ended up uh, getting off there right there at, at Dr. Taylor's office to go for an, an eye exam. And so Riley was kind of looking, just, you know, just trying to, uh, it's been a couple years since she's had hers and mine, I, well, it's time for new contacts, so I needed to get get checked out. But if you've, if you've been in his office or really any any you know, eye doctor's office, you, you know, you're going to go into the room and you've got the big, you know, the chair and then you've got all of these gadgets around and then, and then you've got the, the little uh, board there on the, on the far wall where they, they shine the, uh, put up the, the, the letters that, that you have to be able to, to, to read and, and, and you go in this room and it's a, it's pretty dark. Uh, and uh, and so you go in and you sit there and and then you'll see you know the lights flash up on the on the on the wall and you'll you'll read them and then they get down to the to the to, to the the hard ones and it seemed like he started with the hard ones with with me I don't know um, but uh, and 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 then you know you just kind of have to, to to guess but but then he he kind of comes in and then he he kind of comes in and examines your your eye. And he does. So as he's doing that, he at least he did with, with me and he did with, with Riley as well. And he says, you know, I want you to look up over, over, to the, to, to, over my shoulder there. And, and he shines a light into, into our eyes. Now, you know what, if, if the room was bright, like, you know, just a normal fluorescent lights like you might see in a hospital or something, and you were to shine that light, I mean, you might be able to see, but you're not going to be able to see what you need to see if, if everything else is not, not dark. And, and someone who is trained in optometry with that, you know, if I had a flashlight, you shine it in your eyes, you know, my goal would probably be to blind you, but, but he's looking for, for certain things and, and to see what you need. Maybe you have a you know, um, something that, that requires some type of, uh, of medical care for your eyes, or maybe you have some things that would require some, some corrective lenses. And, and so in our experience there, thankfully, in that dark room, someone who has far greater expertise than Riley or I has had the tools in order to be able to 
to care for, for us. Thankfully, um, neither one of our eyes has gotten really any, any worse, so we're all um, pretty good to go for the next, till we go back down there that next time. But we come into our, our passage here. In John chapter 8, uh, at the end of this festival we've been talking about for several weeks, the festival of, of, uh, of tabernacles or, or the festival of booths, and, and this is probably the, the, kind of the, the, one of the largest Jewish festivals where people gather in from all over uh, the, uh, the, the, the land to, to Jerusalem. And, and so they camp out for a week in these tents. And, and they do this to, to celebrate three things. And we've already seen two of these. So one is, is the bread, right? Jesus, or, or God, provided for their ancestors in the Exodus by raining down manna every day for them to eat. And then we saw, secondly, we see the, the water, right? And they, they, they brought in buckets of water after water because that symbolizes God providing water for them out of the rock. Well, in our passage today, it doesn't get too much detail, but where they're at here in this uh, they're at the end of this festival, the last day. And at the beginning was that they had a solemn assembly. At the end of this festival is another solemn assembly. And it is a grand celebration, <laughs> uh, far greater than just a, a, a normal maybe church service or, or uh, type of uh, a festival. For this one, it is a celebration of, of fire or of light symbolizing God providing the fire for them to guide the Israelites at, at night. And we're not just talking about they, they lit some candles here or there. No, historians say that, that, that you're going to see pillars up six feet of flames flying around all around the temple courts and, and, and the, the grounds there at the temple. And, and everybody is coming in and, and they... Basically, they party all night. It is a massive celebration in worship of God. It's so much that, that even the, the, the priests, everybody, they're, they're dancing. They're singing. They're playing instruments for the purpose of worshiping God for His faithfulness. But we see Jesus is a part of this, and honestly, he, he, he kind of messes with the, uh, the, the, the celebration that the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders wanted to, wanted to, 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 to have. For as we, we saw earlier, that, that Jesus declared that he is the bread of life. And then we saw last, or a couple of weeks ago, that, that, we're, yeah, that Jesus is the living water. Today, we're going to see Jesus declare to himself that he is the light of the world. So let's read here, starting in verse 12, John chapter, chapter 8. Mike, I'll let you put it up on the screen if you can. I'll see. There we go. Again, Jesus spoke to them, meaning the Pharisees. And the religious leaders there in the temple. He says, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself, that your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, oh, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh, but I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two peoples is true. I am, am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to, to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, so you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, then you would know my father also. These words he spoke in, in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So Jesus is, is once again teaching in the synagogue, in the, in the temple courts. They're at the treasury where they would bring their, their money into, into, into a giving of their tithes and offerings to, to the Lord. And he's teaching in radicalness, things that, that disrupted the, 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 the status quo. And we know this is not the first time, nor is it going to be the last. But as Jesus teaches, he, he contradicts what what the Pharisees are, are claiming. So, you know, and, and the Pharisees, right? They're, they're the enlightened ones, right? They're the ones that, that have all of the, the, the degrees. They're the ones that wear the fancy clothes. They're the ones that people are to respect and people are to look to for, for biblical truth. But here's this Jesus guy, and, and he's saying, look, they, they got it all wrong. No, if you want to be in the light, then you must follow me. Verse 12, here is, is kind of the linchpin, the key of this verse in, or in this passage, and honestly, it is really the key to our life in Christ. For Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so Jesus is saying that that, that what you've been doing is, is, is wrong for the, for the Judaism taught that, that the law, following the law, following the Torah, the rules, that is, that is how you walk in the light. But Jesus says, no, no, I am the light. So the religious leaders, Pharisees, they, they questioned him and, and, they, and they said, all right, you're, you're, you're talking this, but... You can't back it up. You don't have any, you know, it, this is not going to hold up here. And because they say you can't testify about yourself. And if you're familiar with the Jewish law, in order to, to, to uh, um, be able to make a claim, you must have two witnesses that are, are present. And Jesus obviously knows this. 
And so what does he do? He explains, look, okay, we have to, I do bear witness about myself, but I do not bear witness only about myself, but my father also bears witness about me. So we see Jesus here. He is, you know, explicitly here, tying himself to God, right? He and the Father are, are one, but also Jesus acts in complete obedience to his Father. And so the fact that Jesus is a God is essential to the Christian faith. It is essential to our salvation. For if Jesus is not God, then we are still dead in our sins and are are to be pitied. But Jesus says, so look, we've got two witnesses, me and my father. But in verse 19, the Pharisees are like, okay, but where is your father? I would find interesting here in how Jesus answers this question. And I think, I think we can learn a little bit. It's not the main point of this passage. But, but there are some questions that need a direct answer. But there's sometimes where you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe we need to kind of go a, a, different, a different angle here. And that's what Jesus does. He doesn't directly answer the, the question. He doesn't say, well, he's, he's in, in, in heaven. He'll get to that. But he says, no, he turns the tables on him. He's like, you know neither me nor my father. For if you knew me, you would know my father also. (laughs) And these are the people that follow God. Not only do they follow him, they teach other people how to follow God. And he's saying, you do not know this God that you've given your life to because you reject the son. So, And so here we see that the these Pharisees are not happy at a fact that they still want to arrest him. But what happens? No one arrests him. Why? Because his hour has not yet come. Jesus does everything according to God's perfect time. So Jesus continues on here in verse 21. Let's see if I can... Let's go back. There we go. There we go. Yeah, well, I'm just going to read it. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. And he said to them, oh, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that that you would be dead, that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he who will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. 
They did not understand what he had been speaking to them about the Father. And so Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as my as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. It sounds like Jesus is being kind of harsh to them right in the beginning. And he says, look, I'm going away, but, and you're going to try to seek me, but no, you're going to die in your sins. Because where I'm going, you cannot come. Jesus is not offering words of condemnation here. No, it is, it is a, a warning. You see, he's saying, look, I am going to die, and then I am going to, to rise from the dead, and then I'm going to ascend into, into heaven. But because you do not believe in me, you will die in your sins. How did the Pharisees process this? Well, they think Jesus is suicidal. Like he's going to kill himself. But, but the thing is, Jesus knows them better than they even know themselves. For Jesus knows that they are going to be the ones that are going to kill him. So Jesus, who, they're like, who are you? And they don't get it. They don't get who, who Jesus is. He's telling them, but they just are blinded. You might say they're in the dark about Jesus, the Messiah. And in verse 28, he says that, that he foretells, foretells his death. He says, then when, when I am lifted up, meaning when he is lifted up on the cross, being crucified, then, then you will know who I am. I can imagine what is like for these Pharisees as they had condemned Jesus to death. The Romans come in and they, 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 they march him up to Golgotha and he's hanging on this cross. He is lifted up and he breathes his last breath. Pharisees knew who Jesus was. They were scared to death. We know this because they, 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 they place a stone in front of the tomb so that nobody could come in and Nobody could escape. And if that wasn't enough, they put guards there to ensure that, that nothing supernatural would ever take place. But Jesus cannot be held down by any human earthly power. So the evidence presented to these Pharisees is clear. Two witnesses. The Father and the Son. And Jesus, right? He, he predicts his death by the hands of these same people. Now, at that time, they did not know it, but it came to fruition. The evidence is it's clear. They, though these Pharisees, chose to remain in darkness. They chose not to, to believe that, that Jesus is the light of the world. They, they, were rather, they would rather follow their traditions. They would rather cling to their, 
their, their status, their, their, their prominence in society rather than follow the true light. But we know that because of Jesus' testimony that many people believed in him. So who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus? Look, this is a question that we must get right before we believe or do anything, anything else. See, the the Pharisees, they never understood who Jesus truly was. They were threatened by Jesus because he was a better teacher than them. He could draw massive crowds by performing miracles and and healings unlike they could. And he exposed their sin, as we saw last week with the woman caught in adultery. To the Pharisees, Jesus was a threat that had to be eliminated. But who is Jesus? To you. Is Jesus your Savior? Do you believe that Jesus lived the perfect, sinless life that you could not live? That he died the sinner's death that, that you deserve? And that on that third day, no matter what was placed in his path, Jesus rose from the grave and now he reigns at the right hand of his Father in heaven. Do you believe? In this gospel message, this good news that Jesus is your Savior who has come to save you from your sins. If you don't, if you don't believe this with all of your heart, we look here and think that this, this warning that Jesus gives these Pharisees is only for, for those, those self-righteous people, but it's the same warning for you. If you don't trust Jesus as your Savior, Jesus, look, where I'm going, you're not going to be able to come. And you're going to look for me. And you're going to want to be with me. And, but you will die in your sin. It's a warning, not a condemnation. May we heed this warning. Trust in Jesus as your Savior and experience eternal life. Is Jesus your Savior? Is Jesus your Lord? And Jesus perfectly obeyed his Father, even to the point of death. And in verse 29, he says that I always, right, always do the things that are pleasing to him. He obeyed perfectly. Do you do the things that are pleasing to God? Do you walk in the light? Or or do you prefer darkness? See, is, 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 is God's word, is it the standard for how you live your life? Or are we just trying to still live by our own rules? Do you desire the things of God more than the things of the world? I was talking to one of our members this past week. He hasn't been in church for almost a year now. As I was talking to them, I could 
I could feel the pain through the telephone of how much they missed coming to church. And because I was almost moved to tears. Because I pray that I will love the church as much as this person does. You know, it's easier now, more than ever, to, to stay at home on Sunday. Now, I'm not talking about those that are concerned about, about their health and that are worshiping online at, at home. No, that's, uh, that's completely understandable, and I would encourage you to do so. But this pandemic has just kind of been an accelerant for a trend that we've been seeing for decades. It's that we fit worship into when it's really convenient for us. You know, I might think, well, you look, just woke up, I'm feeling a little down today. I just, you know, and I hear, well, the weather might be bad and I'd hate to get stuck out there and not be able to get, get home. Or, I mean, let's just face it, you know. I'd just rather stay at home and watch church online and stay in my pajamas all day. Been there. But does that sound, does that sound like us making Jesus our Lord? Are we walking in the light? Or do we prefer darkness? As I was sitting there in that eye doctor chair and Dr. Taylor's holding that little light on me and he's shining it into my eyes, he, he began to notice some things. He said, there's some deposits that are on my, my, my contacts and, you know, and things like dirt and oil. And to be honest, I really don't know exactly what deposits are. Uh, other than their, you know, their impurities, okay? You don't want them there. It's not good for those deposits to, to be there because they could cause damage to your eye. But I wonder if at times we want to be in the dark because we're afraid that our impurities, our our sin will come to light and we might be exposed. Don't let that be an excuse, a reason to stay in the dark. I think back to the woman caught in adultery, right? She was laid bare before everyone to see the lowest of lows. She thought her life was over. She couldn't hide anywhere. But what did Jesus do? He offered forgiveness. Not only that, but he told her that now go and sin no more. Go and walk in, in the light. May we do the same. You see, I think for me, and it's a struggle that I struggle with, it's, it, it, it's that we, we try to to be as good as Jesus. 
And so when, when those impurities come to light, it, it, it makes us feel unworthy. It makes us feel less than, than we desire to be or maybe that other people think that we, we should be when in reality we should realize that we are just like this woman, the adulterous woman in need of forgiveness. Yes, we should be like Christ, but we can only do so through the power of the Holy Spirit. So may we walk in the light. What does it look like? What does it look like to walk in the light? Well, we need to love Jesus. Love him with all that we are, with our heart, soul, mind, and and strength. We should also love people. Other people. Those in our church, family, those that are in the community, and those that are really hard to love. A lot of times those are our own family. But we are to be known for our love. And we are need to realize that we are sinners in need of Jesus' saving grace. And we must do the will of God. Just as Jesus did the will of his Father. Now, how do we know what the will of God is? Well, one is get in the Word. And second, it's not exhaustive, but get in church. To know the will of God is to be as close to God as we humanly possibly can on this side of glory. Jesus is the light of the world. And anyone who follows Him will walk in the light. You would bow your heads, close your eyes right now as we we move into a time of, of response. We live in a in a dark world. A world that it seems like darkness is celebrated. It seems that as we as we go and we we try to seek to follow Christ, that we that we're on the outs of what is the norm. And yes, it's tough. It's hard but it is expected. For we see that many rejected Jesus, but many also believed. So this morning, wherever you are, as we're kind of having our our one-on-one time with God, is, is the first question I would ask is, Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior? You believe He died on the cross and rose from the grave for your sins. You can't walk in the light. No, you're in the darkness unless you go all in with Jesus. If that's you, brother, sister, don't mean to scare you, but you need to heed the warning of Jesus. 
For apart from faith in Christ, you will spend eternity in hell. But the good news is, is that, that you have time. You can give your life to him and he says he will welcome you with open arms. So trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. I think for all of us, we... What does it look like for us to walk in the light? What does it look like for us to, 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 to follow Jesus in these tumultuous days that we're in? And I pray uh, that we would love you with all of our hearts. So mind and strength. See, the, uh, we, we talk often about discipline, that, that we have to work hard, and, we have to, and there is a discipline aspect to it. But, but if we want to be in the light, we need to be as close to the light as we can. And that comes, that, 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 that's a, a heart affection. It, it's, it's what is your desire? Do you desire the Lord and his, the in righteousness and goodness? Or is the darkness sucking you in? Don't fight. Lay it all before the Lord. For as tempting as the things of this world are and, the, and, the, and the, the, the enticingness of sin, it is no comparison to the power of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to mold you, to make you into the man or the woman, the boy and the girl that, that God has called you to be. So what is it that you desire? Do you desire the Lord this morning? Oh God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who is the light of the world. God, we're thankful that you did not leave us dead in our sins. The God, that you provided a way for us to not only have life, but have it abundantly. God, may we love you with all that we are, with all that we have. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Pastor Adam again, thank you for listening to this message. Do you feel God working in your heart? Is he calling you to be saved? Are you ready to follow Jesus? If so, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We want to connect with you and to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I would love to hear your feedback on our weekly radio program. You can email me personally at adam at adamburton.net. And don't forget both our online church service at cbcmaysville.com and on our Facebook page, as well as our in-person service today at 1045. I'll be there and I hope you are too. 
Well, I look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 8 a.m. on Central Baptist Church's radio program on Soft 96 WFTM. God bless.